Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC Podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 18 of 2011. I'm Chris Louie, and today is a meatless Monday here in the Louie household. With me, I have Brian Deach. What's up, everyone? Day three of my sit-up challenge. So far, I'm up to 17 Totina pizza rolls. 17, man. And you know who is not eating Totina's pizza rolls? Glenn Medina, who has been absolutely kicking butt on workouts, according to my Apple Watch notifications. Hey everyone, welcome and thank you for joining us. Happy to be back for podcast number six. I'm at the end of my seven-day iWatch challenge with Brian, and I have to tell you how bad my body is aching right now, trying to keep up with beast mode over here. And I have to tell you, um, he's both super intelligent and crazy, superhuman exercise routine. And uh, it's really crazy that uh, I was able to try and keep up with him, but that this will be the last time I'll be on the fitness challenge with Brian. I say do it again, man. Let's run it back. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Not ever again, Brian. <laughs> Technically, even you actually beat me this, this past week. So, you know, kudos to you. You actually handed me my first loss ever, and I'm not happy about it. So this now weekly, you're going to get a new request. I got to even that score. Did I really win, Brian? My body is aching. So <laughs> I don't know who really won on that one. Yeah. Rematch here. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We got some feedback about what PEBCAC is and why we named the podcast that. For the answer, listen to episode one or look in the description below. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now we have Meatless Monday here in the Louis household. Do you guys ever do that? Some kind of time box challenge like Meatless Monday, Veganuary, where you go vegan for the month of January, Dry January, where you don't drink alcohol for the month of January, or my favorite, Stir Friday. You guys ever do that? <laughs> yeah, so I... I my wife is catholic so we believe in or take that back she believes in lent <laughs> so therefore we do lent so we give up something uh during was it ash wednesday all the way to palm sunday easter, easter right and in that regard there's a no meat fridays uh during that time and we all have to give up something during that time so i choose to pack my bags and leave the house and i give up the family for the two and a half months so <laughs> 40 <laughs> just, days and 40 just, nights just kidding <laughs> right no, no nothing like that over here at the deach household i think it's it's meat day every day to be honest with you i did it once in college i gave up caffeine for lent during college during final season and that was probably a Bad choice. <laughs> Challenging for sure. All right, on to our first topic. Apple, the maker of iPhones and Mac computers, are having a bad day. Last week, Quanta Computer, they're a leading notebook manufacturer and one of Apple's business part partners, they got breached by the R-Evil ransomware gang, and R-Evil sometimes is known as Sudino Kibi. They're known to steal data from their victims before launching a devastating ransomware attack in an attack trend known as double extortion. You pay one fee to unlock your data, you pay another fee to prevent them from posting that data online. 
when I saw the news hit the wire, I was thinking about possibly talking about it on the podcast, but you know, a computer maker getting hit with ransomware for $50 million. Like we already did this story in episode one with Acer and I was going to let laying dogs lay, but now there's a strange twist to the story, which I believe makes it noteworthy and why it's our first story we're talking about today. Quanta did not negotiate with the ransomware crew, so R-Evil posted Apple's top secret designs online, just like they promised would happen if they didn't receive payment. But about a day later, all those top secret schematics on the leak site, they've been completely removed from, from uh, R-Evil's leak site. That either means Quanta or someone else paid the ransom or something else is going on here. So I, I have my suspicions, right? Like... When I clicked on the article, probably the most exciting thing about it was that I thought they were bringing the MagSafe charger back, which is just an old oh, stock photo. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I didn't get to see any of the schematics, but let me guess, right? Faster CPU, better graphics, various sizes and colors, like whoop de doo basil. I, I don't know that that's all that compelling. Like maybe they, they posted it and then they're like, hey, no one really cares. So they just took it back down. Or maybe they, you know, maybe they did pay. Um, actually pay pay the ransom i have no idea or maybe apple's getting ready to release the giant robots with chainsaw hands that's interesting yeah i looked at and was like well what's going on and what what don't we know behind the scenes you know i'm I'm looking at this going all right what was really good inside there that they took it down or did anybody even copy the information that was uploaded in the first place i don't know it sounds like another conspiracy theory to me brian Maybe it's, this is all a big Apple marketing campaign that says, ooh, we got these secret specs, and now that generates all this interest towards towards Apple again. And It was actually right before their their uh, iMac and iPad event that they had, and AirTags that they had last, last week. So it was very timely, but yeah, there's some schematics leaked, and then they just mysteriously disappeared. Were you guys underwhelmed by the announcement as well? Full disclosure, I bought the AirTags because <laughs> I like the concept of tile. Yeah. Because I actually actually don't lose my keys much, but uh, once we start traveling in, I'm going to put one in my suitcase, one in my backpack. Um, I just didn't like that things like tile that you know, had to have your Bluetooth on all the time, which as a security person makes me makes me worried. Um, I think I trust Apple a little bit more than, than tile, so I think I can still fulfill the need and put my faith in a company that already has all my data. So I was like, what's, what's more data uh, to them? But uh, I thought the iMacs looked pretty cool slim just lots of lots of colors and then the new ipad with the m1 looks awesome not going to upgrade from my current one but interesting yeah so that apple tile it reminds me of an adam sandler uh song i don't know if you guys remember uh phone wallet keys gotta have my phone wallet keys so every time i leave out my door i'm always thinking phone wallet keys is it in is it in is it in here? And he's got a little rap. I, you got you got to look it up. Maybe we can reference that in one of the YouTube videos that he's done. I, that reminds me of one that Chris Rock uh, had a long time ago, and it was like, "I got my keys, I got my wallet, I got my hot sauce." Like that was his third thing was always hot sauce for some reason. You <laughs> always have like that to this day. Like when I'm preparing to go out, and you know, I'm like, "I got my keys, I got my wallet, I got my hot sauce, I can leave." Yeah, speaking of putting my faith in, in and trust in Apple, you know, I, I like to think that Tim Cook has some kind of elite security team called SEAL Team iPhone, and they track down these ransomware crews and that breach them. They made them take it down, or you know, if anyone steals our data, he's got this this elite squad on on tap that you just send them anywhere in the world. But 
that's hopeful and that's just me. Did you do any engraving on your air tags? I did. I did. Yeah, I got it uh, personalized. Uh, I got one for my wife and then I got a couple for my various devices with just some, some inside jokes on them. Fine, don't tell us. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be right. interesting is if anyone ever has a hack for that and is able to find your stuff or is able to trace you, um, I think, Chris, you had pointed out that you know Brian had sent a picture of him um, driving his car and you had pinpointed exactly to where he was when he took that picture, which was A, kind of scary, um, and B, made me realize that I'm not going to be sent to send pictures anymore um, with the, the, that tagging. So just imagine what uh, air tags would definitely do to the market if the, if the secret got out on how to, how to get into them. Yeah, my hope is Apple designed the heck out of these things with uh, security in mind. They actually, oh, what, what, one cool thing about the AirTags is they have an anti-stalking feature. And I think the way it works is Apple, I think it's, it, it's something that you can have your iPhone and ask, are there any AirTags within my vicinity? And it can actually find it if you're not expecting one in your car or your jacket or something, someone's tracking you. They they had to build in, build in some kind of anti-stalking technology. So they, they even have that in mind with it so it just so happens if your wife puts it in your coat pocket you will know <laughs> exactly <laughs> jokes on her i go to the gym in the gas yeah. station that is it <laughs> well mine will find out my my late night eating habits of going to taco bell and getting my fourth dinner so it's not <laughs> going to be good for me i'm i'm a taco bell fan so i get it there was a i think there was a Simpsons episode they're like hey Homer how'd you get to be so fat he's like the meal between dinner and breakfast <laughs> <laughs> the fourth meal so all right let's let's uh meal. let's let's switch gears going to uh topic two you know when it when it comes to stateside attacks right we normally point the finger at, at China or Russia but the reality is right <clears throat> the U.S. is probably doing the exact same thing but they, we don't tend to make the news right and so I, I was thinking about them, like, why is that? So like, A, you know, big tech does a job, you know, a great job of hiding that news from us. Is it B, ever heard of Stuxnet, right? That was the U.S. and Israel, allegedly. Or C, I'm picking C because I just crapped my pants. We were so good, we just haven't got caught. What do you guys think? Oh, there's something to be said about state-run media. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but uh, really... Things like the Shadow Brokers, the Equation Group, Vault 7, Edward Snowden, like we know it's happening. We know we have these massive surveillance and spy capabilities, and we're not keeping it for ourselves. We're obviously using it to either defend forward or defend against uh, future attacks. We know it's happening. It really only hits the newswire when, when something leaks, and... You know, I, I think there's there's some movie where the CIA they said our our motto at the CIA is our successes are not known, but our failures are, and I think that's that's the case of it here that we're just so good, we rarely fail, and when we do, it hits the news. Seems like there's a lot more failure across the 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 Atlantic and the Pacific. You know what I mean? Like we just don't see outside of Snowden and, and some of the other things that you reference, you just don't hear a lot about it. Yeah, it, 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 so I, I've lived overseas, right? And I've watched, you know, news news feeds from other, you know, within another country. And 
I've got to tell you, what they report over there is totally different than what we report over here. Um, some of the examples are, you know, how great our, our World Series of uh, baseball is when it typically it's only, you know, catered around the United States and they make they mock fun of us saying that things are World Series and it's like it's only northern America or northern northern yeah, North America. Um, so that regard is like I think they have a different view. And not only that, I don't think we're hearing what they're being told. Um, probably the closest thing that we could see is probably like BBC networks where it's almost in line to what we see. But from an international standpoint, I, I like I said, I doubt we're seeing what they're seeing. And I, I'm pretty sure we, I, like I said, who knows what the, who knows what they're being told from from a propaganda standpoint, as far as I'm sure we're being made out to be the villains in a lot of the things that are going on. Yeah. You know, you look at some vulnerabilities like shell shock or the exchange one that has been out. Like shell shock was out for like what twenty years before it actually became known. And you look at the exchange one that's been out for ten years. I gotta bet that the U.S. knew about this stuff at some point in time, and I and I gotta bet that there's other things going on that we have no idea. Uh, but again, a conspiracy theorist, as always, with my my tinfoil hat on today. Yeah, Brian, it's interesting you bring up exchange and what the U.S. knew because that's very timely that uh, April's Patch Tuesday that happened this month with Microsoft, the NSA disclosed four previously unknown exchange server remote code execution bugs. So I'm going to repeat that. The NSA told Microsoft about four previously unknown remote code execution bugs and you have to think that the NSA was using these, and then now that with with the the bigger news about Exchange and, and the other vulnerabilities disclosed, the the NSA probably found it more useful to disclose and patch it than to keep using it against uh, other other foreign actors. And really, because they thought that people are going to start really looking at the Exchange code, somebody's going to find it, the wrong person's going to find it, and they thought it was better to patch it. So I mean, again. Pretty suspicious that right after this, the NSA told Microsoft about these bugs, um, and they, they basically burned their their zero days. But they thought it, the world would be, be a better place if they did that. Or right, we've been using them forever, and then someone else figured it out that there was a vulnerability there. So they're just like, oh, we got to close the door on that one, guys. Let's uh, let's tell Microsoft about these four. Jeez, that's a lot of money just sitting there, right? From a zero day perspective, how much are zero days going for nowadays? Ooh remote code execution bugs with no auth at least easily a million dollars easily dang still not still not big enough for me <laughs> <laughs> so should we uh switch gears talk about the uh topic three you guys ready for that yeah let's, let's do, do it. it all right so this one's a little bit more uh user friendly right at least from depends on which side of the fence you're looking at this from but Apple re uh, released a new uh, privacy feature in iOS 14.5. So that came out this week. And the ability uh, that you have now is you can actually turn off tracking, uh, specifically a feature called IDFA. And while IDFA isn't an acronym, thanks, Louis, for, uh, for disclosing exactly what that means. It's an initialism. It stands for the Identifier for Advertisers. So IDFA is this like random device identifier that was used by Apple to enhance your user experience, but really what it was for is for the advertisers. And historically, the way it worked, it was like kind of cross application tracking. So if you were doing something 
research <clears throat> in Safari and you saw something kind of cool like, I don't know, lice shampoo, right? And you close your browser and then you open up your Facebook feed or Instagram feed. And as you're scrolling through there, uh, it pops up as an advertisement. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to click on it and it, it opens up a web page and you go ahead and proceed to buy that thing. The initial person that advertised it to you is going to get compensated. So usually that's like Google, whatever. But what Apple's doing here is they're, they're basically saying uh, they're going to prompt Facebook. You, if you have this feature in, um, disabled, right? Facebook, when you go to open it or Instagram, is going to say, do you, do you want to actually enroll into this? You want to en enable your ad tracking features. And you can politely just say, no thanks, opt out. Or you can just completely disable it entirely. So you would just go into settings, privacy, tracking, and then turn off the buttons at the very top. And then boom, you're going to be uh, not being tracked from there. Now, you're not going to be tracked from Google, right? But I guarantee you, Apple's probably going to do something with this information. I definitely think it's a shot across the bow at, at Google because really, at the end of the day, Apple is an iPhone and a services company. They make their money off, off, off that. Google is an ad company. They give away their operating system for free. They allow other OEMs to put their operating system on their phone. So they make money on ads. In general, I feel ad tracking is really creepy. And now before you start writing letters, I know that we get things like Gmail and Facebook and Google. We get it for free because we are the product. So in exchange, we have to, to give them something in, in return. But I, I, it gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think about how they track us. There is, I was in a, a conversation on, on Instagram, a direct message with, uh, to my friends, and I, I happen to have a passion for luxury watches, and so does one other friend in this conversation, and we were swapping stories and pictures and, and, and talking about luxury watches, and then all of a sudden, our third friend, who has been silent the whole time, his feed and Instagram just gets flooded with ads for, for luxury watches, and he's like, geez, thanks, guys. <laughs> so even then, that, that there's, they're, they're doing ad tracking and tailored um, advertising that way um, is is something that I'm not 100% comfortable with. And what makes it even creepier, like you said, Brian, is the cross-app tracking that if I search for something in Safari and then it shows up in an in Instagram feed or, or somewhere else in a totally different app, that you know that they're either storing this data or they're, they're communicating this data out there. And I think that Apple trying to become a more privacy-centric com company, this is probably a good move for them. They have a lot to gain. Uh, with their users' trust and their privacy policy, and they don't have a whole lot to lose because they're they're not dependent on ad money, uh, even though Google is. Yeah, and like I said, I, I, the way I look at this is like, where is the day where we have to opt in? We should be allowed to opt in to the tracking piece, right? As opposed to it being default on, is what it sounds like, and and. I just don't get it, right? If you if you if you look at it from that standpoint, and yeah, you turn on your your Mac, you get a new Mac or an iPad, and you scroll through, and it's like read this long laundry list of 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 uh, agreements, and, and I think this was one of the discussions that we had before. Brian was like, who reads that stuff? And in 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 order to get access, you almost have to click yes passively in order to get access to the device. I mean, I looked at my, my daughter's device. We wiped an, an iPad of hers 
because I wanted to. She said it was running slow, and I said let's let's wipe it. And then in order to wipe it, yeah, you, you have to re-register in order to be able to access the device. And in order to be able to access it, you have to agree to the terms. And within those terms, who's going to read ten thousand lines of, of of legal jargon in order to allow, know if you've got tracking turned off or on? And so, to me, I mean, from a consumer standpoint, I wish they would just make it easier and say. You know, do you want tracking turn on or off? Yes, no. You know, do you want this? Yes, no. And then just go from there. Whether you agree or don't don't agree, you should be allowed to use the product, I guess is what I'm coming down to. Sorry, Brian. No, I love that, man. And, you know, we're, I hate to say this, but we're like an anti-Google house, right? We, we've, everyone has switched completely from Google for default search to DuckDuckGo. And everyone's on incognito mode now. Like, I, I don't know what else to do. Uh, to, to help, you know, keep what I want to be private, what my kids have to be private. But then it's all bets are off when it comes to applications that are on phones, right? I don't have that luxury uh, to anonymize that traffic, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why I'm not on Instagram. I am on Facebook, but only to figure out what the family is doing and who's on vacation within the family and where they've gone. I, I don't, I try not to post anything <laughs> from that standpoint. Yeah. I don't get that when, when people go on vacation and said, Hey, I'm on vacation. And there actually used to be a, a website that it was called please rob me.com and don't go there right now. Cause I don't know if it's still up and reputable or not, but there used to be a website called please rob me.com and it would just scrape like public posts, not even private posts, scrape public posts of people saying that they were, away from their home on vacation and, and yeah and to me that it it's poor security practice and yeah i just i i don't understand why people do that yeah it's a conversation that i had with my kids growing up as like hey, hey if we're going on vacation take plenty of pictures but don't post them until we come back from vacation yeah same here we also get someone to wash the house for us as well the moral of the story is don't rob brian when even if you know he's out of town <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it. He does live in Arizona. He does live in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Giant asterisks, right? (laughs) One more point on this that I want to make about the whole ad tracking thing. I think probably, okay, so in-app tracking, okay, fine, I get it. Cross-app tracking, a little creepy, but fine, whatever. I think the most creepy type of tracking is the one where they allegedly listen in on the mic. Now, I can't prove that this actually happens technically you know, on, on the technical level. But anecdotally, I've talked to many people and some people have experimented with this online and they have these posts that say, I've never searched for a cat. I've never owned a cat. I never had an interest in a cat. But as an experiment, my partner and I talk, started talking about cats nonstop for like a day and a half. And then all of a sudden they just get bombarded by ads for like cat food and, or cat products. And they never did any searches on their devices about cats, but they've only been passively talking about it to each other. And then they get these targeted ads for cats. So, you know, again, I can't prove that it's happening, but anecdotally, it's definitely happened uh, it's in, in this household. Wasn't there one that uh, was doing something, there was some type of ad targeting, like open Wi-Fi, like if you were, like you were going to someone's house, not someone's house, but like a, a business, right? That that information was kind of correlated uh, to your phone number and, and stuff like that. Do you guys recall that? Or am I speaking out the side of my mouth here? They used to track based on Mac address because I was a unique identifier. And then 
Apple and Google start scrambling the MAC addresses until you associate. Uh, so I know they were tracking people that way, if that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, that's. I think that's exactly what it was. Have you guys noticed the new privacy feature in Apple where it, uh, anytime you join a, a Wi-Fi network, it, it randomizes your Mac every single time? Your Mac address, yeah, not your Mac. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's 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 cool. All right, for our last topic, it's going to be a rotating segment, and today we're going to have a roundtable discussion of animals most likely to kill you by state. So for me, I guess I'll start. I live in California, and when I thought of California, I thought maybe it's going to be bears, maybe it's some it's a mountain lion or a cougar or something, but uh, actually, uh, and there's actually a website for this. The link for this website will be in the description. Uh, rattlesnake. Rattlesnake came up as the most, uh, most the animal most likely to kill you in California, which which surprised me because, number one, I didn't think rattlesnakes were deadly. I thought you'll get really sick, but you won't die from it. And number two, I thought modern medicine had kind of fixed this problem. But then when I dig deeper into it, uh, they actually explained that, yeah, modern medicine works, but people that typically get bitten by sinks are way the heck out in the wilderness and can't get to get medical attention in a timely manner. And that started to make sense. Yeah, so I think rattlesnakes have always been poisonous, Chris. Um, it's just the fact that modern medicine has made them made it not as bad. Um, I know rattlesnakes from an from infant standpoint, the, the younger they are, the more poisonous they are. And a lot of times they get confused with, the, with a good old garden snake um, from that regard. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what's, you know, I, I, I live in California with Chris, and my thing is, uh, have you ever been to Alaska? Uh, and have you ever just driv driven around Alaska in, in the city? So I went to Anchorage many years ago, and I'm driving through, I, I'd like to say it was the middle of January, where there's about four feet of snow on the ground everywhere, and there was a giant moose sitting in the parking lot of the walmart <laughs> eating leaves off of the tree which looked like it was the tree was just as big as i mean taller than the car so it had to have been like 15 feet high and this thing was just so huge and just sitting there just chewing and chewing on leaves and no one was paying it any attention and i'm in the car like circling the moose trying to keep my distance and i'm like this is crazy um no way would i go down uh the get out of the car to go try and pet this thing but i've heard people have so if you're in alaska don't do that that's not my recommendation uh, it is a wild animal but yeah just just seeing how big moose are in alaska sitting in a walmart parking lot totally totally crazy and it's a surreal feeling just uh just seeing it so so what's the plural for moose Meese? <laughs> Meese? <laughs> Meeses? Mooses? That is the animal most likely to kill you in Alaska, actually, is, is a moose. So definitely heed Glenn's advice. And I hate to be a stickler on stuff, but I'm pretty sure that a rattlesnake is not poisonous, guys. I, I believe it's venomous. Are you sure? Uh, I oh, think it's venomous. so. Yeah, okay, yeah. I can, <laughs> Big difference. Little, I'm sure there was people like listening right now. They're like slamming their hands down like, No! Dang it. And, and, I, and I would actually say, like, you know, from, from an Arizona perspective, that's like 
the one thing that terrifies me the most. Like I can't tell, like out of all the wildlife outside of seeing a lot of deer, uh, rattlesnakes are probably the, the thing that you're going to see a lot of, whether it's in the, in the desert or heck, even in the, the, the high country, it's everywhere, but that's not the most likely animal to kill you. It's actually dogs. And, uh, I, I can't do any correlation like as to why, like I, I have lived on the outskirts of the, uh, the, the city here, specifically a, a city called Globe, Arizona, which was butted up to a Native American uh, reservation. And maybe I can get that from there because there's a lot of reservations here. But anytime you go to a reservation, there is always a lot of stray dogs. And I, and I learned that the hard way that they're not approachable because I'm like, I'm a dog guy. And so we used to like go out there to go play basketball. I'm like, hey, guys, look, a dog. I'm like, don't touch that dog, Brian. Don't touch the dog. It's not, it is not your friend. I'm like, okay, don't touch the dog. Dog bad. But, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised to see that Arizona, you're most likely to be killed by a dog. I, I just don't see that very often here. Or at least don't understand it. I think the other one that surprised me was Nevada. And Nevada, you're most likely to be killed by deer mice. Of all things, deer mice. And why is that? You think that, yeah, Nevada's a giant desert. So, you know, what things live in, in a desert that, that could kill you? But no, it's, it's deer mice. But yeah, apparently deer mice carry the hantavirus, which is, oh. uh, has a very high fatality rate in humans and easily spread by these deer mice. So, I guess if you get too close to them or if they bite you or if you come in contact with them, you catch a virus that kills you. So, they don't, you know, kill you directly with some type of blunt trauma. But they will give you a virus that will kill you. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I, I think if you look at the other ones too, even smaller than deer mice is the mosquito in Florida. And uh, God, what a what a crazy thing, right? Encephalitis from uh, from from a mosquito. But it's uh, I guess it's very common down there and something that uh, you have to be concerned about. Do you guys know if there's any actual usefulness of mosquitoes? Like, can we Thanos snap these things out of existence and would anyone even care or would anything ever even change? Well, according to Jurassic Park, if they're inside of an amber and they've got dinosaur blood, we can possibly recreate dinosaurs again. <laughs> so All right, maybe good point, good one point. use case. <laughs> All right, well, we'll snap the alive mosquitoes out of existence, but not the, the petrified ones. There you yeah. Go. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, I have no idea what if they ha- provide the world with any utility other than just you know being very unpleasant Spreading to have around. Disease. Yeah, I would say that the the probably the, the one I was going through the list that was most surprising to me is uh, it was Nebraska, which was rogue cows, and I'm just like <laughs> cows. That's just a peaceful bovine, right? Just sitting there chewing on some some grass, like. You like like even as a kid, we go out like cow tipping, and like you're you, like I'm a big boy, but you gotta like it takes more than one person to tip it over, and then even then, it's just like what are you doing, man? Like this, you're not gonna get anywhere with it. And your best bet is to like you would think it would be to, like sweep a leg, right? But then it just becomes like a tripod, and it's like a teepee, and it's even more robust in, in sound. So it's <laughs> it's highly unlikely. I can't see how. The cow's doing it unless the meat's poisoned or something. I haven't like it's it's an after it's already been killed that it's getting you. I I don't get it. <laughs> well, have you ever gone cow tipping with a cape and then tip it and the cape gets caught under the cow as you try and flee and you get strangled or clotheslined? That's not a good feeling. Not to uh, say that sp- I've done it. Maybe a friend <laughs> of mine. <laughs> what? Why were you guys wearing a cape? <laughs> well, 
you know, you so gotta, many questions. Yeah, so many questions. One of us was dressed up like Batman, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cow tipping, that, dressed like Batman. It sounds like a it was a dumb thing to do when you're in your in my early years. Hey, I got a, uh, a complete off the track comment real quick, uh, but it's a proud dad dad moment because my son he's at a track meet right now, and he has been working his butt off this year to increase his 400 or I should, should say decrease his 400 times. So he's been teetering on the line of a, of a, of a PR all year long, but he hasn't gotten there. So this morning we were up early and I was like, you know, doing the dad thing where I'm like poking him in the chest. Like it's, it's you or them. You're going to do this and you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to be successful. And I was like, when I was like, the only way you're going to get to your PR is that when you cross the finish line, you're going to be on the ground. Like you just be dead. Like someone's going to have to come over there and pick you up. Long story short, as we're doing this podcast, I just got a text message. He, he ran his PR, 53.64 uh, electronic time. And that's way faster than I ever did it. So I, I couldn't be prouder of, nice. of my boy right now. Nice. Congratulations. Well done. Well done. Yeah, thanks, yeah, congrats. dudes. Congrats. It's great news. We continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, it's my turn with a more tech dad joke. Why do astronauts use Linux? Because you can't open up windows in space. Wah, wah, wah. No, that's a good joke right there. That is a good one. That's not even a wah, wah. That's actually legit funny. I like that one. Good job, Chris. That's actually really good, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. On dad jokes, typically kids will under, don't under, will understand but don't get it. Is this something that's too far dad tech joke you did disclose that so chris good job i did it was it was more of a dad joke it was more of a tech joke in a dad joke format that's right i'll put it that way there's a handful of kids that would get it <laughs> that's true and those those kids are going to be uh, future zscaler employees all right to wrap things up Apple's major supplier got hit with ransomware, but the stolen data mysteriously gets taken off the leak site. The U.S. is very likely engaging in cyber espionage attacks we accuse other countries of doing, but we just have better OPSEC. Apple ups the stakes in the fight for user privacy in their latest iOS version 14.5, and I learned that my co-hosts participate in cow tipping during their youth. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. And just so you know, your computer is now running 20% faster just by listening to our podcast. If you know anyone else who would like their computer to run 20% faster, please share this podcast with them. The best way to find us is to search for the PebCAC podcast on your favorite listening app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We'll see you all next week. And as always... Have a nice day. Full disclosure, no cows got hurt in that cow tipping. Full disclosure, I got hurt. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Have a good one. See you next time.